Welcome to The Daily Cut, a podcast of Park Community Church. I'm Trevor Lovell, a pastor from our Near North location. Throughout this season, we wanted to create something consistent that would help add even a little sense of rhythm to life. And so to do that, we created The Daily Cut, short biblical devotionals, just small sips of the word that we hope encourage you and challenge you as you grow in your faith and walk with Jesus. This is The Daily Cut, and I'm Trevor Lovell. All right. It's good to be with you all. I hope you're doing well. Today, we are continuing our series, uh, just this one, and then one other parable we'll be looking at as we round out the week. Um, yeah, and we've been looking at different parables that Jesus taught throughout his ministry, which are teachings that utilize stories and just everyday illustrations to make a spiritual point. And uh, yesterday, we explored the parable of the prodigal son, and I mentioned there that that was arguably the most famous parable that Jesus ever taught. And that's true. I believe that. But but it's also true that there is a contender. And, uh, and what we're looking at today, today's parable is actually that challenger. Because while the prodigal son is famous, so is the parable of the Good Samaritan. And I'm happy to say that it is famous for good reason, and I'm looking forward to jumping into it together today. And so let's jump into it, right? So we find this parable, just like the prodigal son, in the book of Luke. And it's actually true about both of these, that they are only found in the book of Luke. Luke is the only one of the gospel writers who records these aspects of Jesus's teaching, which I just think is interesting. But... um Yeah, so this one comes in Luke chapter 10, and uh, there's actually a conversation that takes place that leads up to it, right? And the parable is Jesus's response to a question partway through. Uh, But this is how we get there. This is the conversation starting in Luke chapter 10 at verse 25. It starts like this. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him, meaning Jesus, to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds saying, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Meaning that Jesus is affirming that the answer to this question is found in the Old Testament. And uh, the man, the lawyer, he replies saying, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, right? Which is a kind of a textbook answer comes from the Shema in the book of Deuteronomy chapter six, verse five. Uh, So he says that, and then he says this also, and your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, which comes from the book of Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 18, right? And so his answer is, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. That's his answer, right? Love God and love your neighbor, which is a textbook Old Testament answer. And Jesus responds to that answer positively saying, you have answered correctly. But then what's interesting is he goes a step further. He says this at the close of this um, piece of the conversation. He says, do this and you will live. And so in saying that at the close, what Jesus does there is he's basically flipped things back around on this lawyer saying, yeah, your answer was right, but it's not enough to just know the right answer. It's not enough to just know the truth. You also have to do it. You have to live it. And when Jesus says that, you you can kind of feel the tension arise a little bit in the conversation at that point, especially with a bunch of people standing around listening in on what's happening. You can kind of see that, that Jesus challenged this guy. And so this lawyer, he keeps the conversation going, trying to defend himself, basically. He, he keeps it going by asking another question, right? And the next verse calls that out, that his intention in doing so is to justify himself, 
right? He's trying to show that he doesn't just believe these things. He doesn't just know the answer. He's trying to prove that he actually lives it too, that he is righteous. And so this is what he says in verse 29, right? It says, but he desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And it's in response to that question, who is my neighbor that I'm supposed to love as myself? that Jesus launches off into the parable of the Good Samaritan. And this is what he says. Right, Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. All right, and so we see immediately this guy's in a bad spot. He's traveling uh, on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho, which is kind of a windy, twisty road. It's about 18 miles uh, and it goes right through hills and mountains. And so it's easy for someone to get, uh, it would have been easy for this sort of thing to happen there, right? And, and so he gets, he gets robbed, he gets stripped, he gets beat. He's left for dead on this road. He's in a bad spot. Uh, and, and what you're kind of wondering is, well, how's he going to get out of this, right? And, and then Jesus keeps going with the story and he says this, now by chance, a priest was going down that road. And you can imagine everyone in the crowd expecting uh, the priest, right? One of the religious leaders, a holy person in Israel, he's the hero of the story. He's going to uh, exemplify what it means to love your neighbor. He's going to stop and help this hurt man, right? He's the hero of the story who knows how to love his neighbor. But then Jesus says this, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. He didn't help him at all. He actually just made sure he was far enough away so that he wouldn't come too close. Uh, and most people believe it's because if he, if he came too close, if he would have actually stopped and helped this man, he would have become ceremonially unclean and he would have had to go and cleanse himself. It would have been a hassle. And because of that, helping this man was too much of a bother. And so he just swings over to the other side of the road and just keeps on going. And so clearly that's not the model for how you love your neighbor, but the story keeps going, right? Next, Jesus says this in verse 32. So likewise, a Levite, right? A Levite, which is one of the, one of the 12 tribes of Israel were the Levites, right? They were, uh, the priests were actually a smaller subset of the Levites, but the, um, but the Levites would have helped uh, in general, even the ones who weren't priests, they would have helped with the sacrificial system in the temple. They wouldn't have been the ones who actually made the sacrifices, but they would have been there uh, as assistants and as helpers. And so, so a Levite, right? And, and now everybody's like, okay, here's the real hero. It's the Levite. Surely it's the Levite who's going to save this man and show what it means to love his neighbor. It's his own fellow Israelite. But then Jesus says about this Levite that when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. He dodged him, right? He made the exact same move as the priest. He saw him in his pain and in his trouble, and he just looked the other way. And he just kept going. And at this point, some people listening are probably confused and maybe even a little upset at the story that Jesus is weaving here because he's painting these Israelites in a very poor light. And they're probably all wondering and trying to guess, well, who is the real hero in this story? If this story is answering the question of like, who's my neighbor, what does it look like to love my neighbor, right? then who's the hero? Who's going to help this man and show love to him and care for him? Who's the hero in this story? And when the next line starts to come out of Jesus's mouth, you can almost hear the tension rise in the crowd right, as he begins to say this, but a Samaritan, and immediately everybody is like, there's no way a Samaritan is the hero of this story. Right? There's no way. 
Because at the time, there was this intense uh, ethnic prejudice that existed between the Israelites and the Samaritans. They hated each other. And so for Jesus to even consider portraying a Samaritan as the hero, it would have been an outrage for these people listening. But Jesus, he goes on to say, a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion, which neither the priest nor the Levite displayed. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. The Samaritan saved that man's life. He stopped and he cared for him. He, he cleansed his wounds. He, he bound him up. Right? He, he took him to an inn and he cared for him there. He even paid for his stay and agreed to pay for as long as he needed to recover. All had his own expense, right? His own hassle, his own uh, inconvenience for a complete stranger that he just happened to, to stumble on who was in need. And the point of the story is it's the Samaritan that loves his neighbor. Right? It's the Samaritan that shows what it is to love your neighbor. Even when your neighbor, you know, he's, he's defining what it means, who your neighbor is in this story. And he's showing that it's not just the person who's related to you, not just the person who's your friend. What it means to love your neighbor is to love the person that, that's difficult to love, right? That for whatever reason, uh, it's not natural, right? And so that's the point. But Jesus isn't content to just let the story make the point. He wants the lawyer to say it too. And so instead of just wrapping up with kind of a neat conclusion at the end of the story, he actually finishes with this question and this exchange between the two of them. He, he says this, which of these three, meaning the priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And the lawyer answered, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. That's what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it means to fulfill that aspect of the law. That's what it means to love even those that the categories of this world would tell you not to. That the categories of this world would tell you to pass by and leave for dead, to tell you not to think twice about it. Right? It tells you to, to look at them, right? to see them in their misery and to have mercy on them right? and to seek to step into their situation at your own expense to relieve their misery. To love your neighbor as yourself is to care for those kinds of people at your own expense. And honestly, this is a really challenging parable. I think it's easy to read this and to just kind of think, well, we're on Jesus' side. And so we're rooting, we're cheering for him throughout this exchange. And when he wins, we win. But the reality is when we get to the end of it, we can't just assume that we're on the winning side. We can't just assume that we've passed the test of this parable because the thing is, it turns its heels on us. And when we get to the end, it begins to examine us. It examines the way that we care for those around us, right? for our own neighbors, for those who are in misery. Do we have mercy on them? Do we love our neighbor. And so I think a good question for us to wrestle with and to reflect on is, who is your neighbor in this season? Who is God placed in your path that needs help? Who's in a place of misery and in a place of suffering? Who is God placed in your path that needs help and will suffer if they don't get it? 
And then the follow-up question is, how can you step into their situation and care for them? And as we close, let, let this just be an encouragement, right? At one point in all of our own lives, spiritually speaking, we were in the same place as the man in this story. We were left for dead on the side of the road. And if someone had not stopped to help, that would have been it for us. But thankfully, we have a savior who didn't just happen to pass by on the same road, right? He, he was far away, he, but he looked down from heaven and he saw the situation that we were in, the plight that we were suffering. And he took it upon himself to do something, to step into our misery and to relieve our suffering. He showed compassion and he showed mercy. And so he stepped into time. He took on our humanity, took on our baggage and the situation that we found ourselves in, that we had gotten ourselves into. He took those things upon himself at his own expense. And he gave his life for us on the cross so that we could be relieved of our suffering, so that we could be healed, so that we could be made whole and we could have salvation. He loved us. That's what it is to love your neighbor. And as followers of Christ, now we're called to that very same thing, to engage with the world around us, just like our Savior did, and just like this good Samaritan. Thanks for listening today. I hope you're doing well. We'll be back tomorrow with another short devotional. So stay tuned.